The market finished week 4 of November, with the S&P closing at 2090, up 3.3% since our last show two weeks ago. With the holiday season underway, we'll be saying what we're thankful for, getting an in-depth look at oil play Valero Energy, tech giant Apple, and diving into some interesting companies in our stock rundown. I'm Chris Tolson. And I'm Nick Chin. Episode 2 of The Stock Talk Show starts right now. The podcast that can help you make... Hello, everybody, and welcome to the second installment of the Stock Talk Show. I'm Chris Tolson, and joining me here is Nick Chin. Good to be back, Chris. Uh, excited for a second show. Yep, me too. Uh, I hope everyone had a good holiday and spent their Black Friday blowing money into the big on these big savings. No, I try to avoid those crowds completely. That's that's just too much for me. Yeah, sure you do, Nick. <laughs> I, I know you're looking at that second refrigerator. <laughs> I don't have room for that. Uh, but before we start the show, a little disclaimer. That's that the show is strictly for entertainment. We may or may not have positions in the stocks that we talk about, though generally we try and stay away from those, or let you know when we do own those stocks. For the stocks we do recommend or talk about, don't just take our opinions on them. Do your own research into the companies, and talk to your broker or financial planner about each investment you make. So now that we can't get sued, back to the show. This week, we'll try and make it a bit shorter than the last one. Hopefully, we got our first show jitters out of the system, so we make this one more streamlined. However, with that, though... We did attend the Florida FSU game last night, so excuse us for any voice cracks. There was no screaming to be done, Chris. There was, that game was just miserable to attend. My voice is perfectly fine. There's nothing to cheer about. Yeah, nothing to cheer about there. <laughs> uh, this, this week, though, the stocks that we will report include Valero and Apple. And with the rundown, we're going to talk about Kihu, Tesla, Biogen, Square, Texas Instruments, Chipotle, Mondelez International, and Kroger. Uh, we'll then move on to a viewer request looking at Marathi Therapeutics and closing it out with what we're stocking for the upcoming weeks. So let's start it off with, uh, since Thanksgiving just passed, why don't we say what we're thankful for? Oh yeah, I'm thankful for the warmer weather this year, and not just for the fishing and being able to go outside in shorts, uh, but for the home improvement retail industry. Um, and you know, the main reason for this is because of how long it's extended the ability for people to work on their houses. And we've seen this in your companies like Home Depot and Lowe's. And in this past third quarter on the earnings date for Home Depot, we saw them, the revenue rise to $21.82 billion versus $20.52 billion a year ago. And you know, normally you do see revenue slow down this quarter just because of the cold weather. But because it's been extended another two or three months this year, they have been able to generate more revenue. And ever since the earnings report, we've seen a 12% increase uh, in Home Depot since that since that date, which is very significant compared to the rest of the industry and the S&P. Yeah, um, gotta love those El Nino years that we yeah. got going on. <laughs> Unless you're, of course, a department store, and you're not selling those you're not selling those cold weather clothing. Yeah, Under Armour is definitely taking a hit from that. <clears throat> um, so I'm thankful for the holiday season, and that's just because of all the spending that's happening with travel and retail because of these holidays. Um, holiday season it starts off usually on black friday and it goes to probably super saturday which is the last the the last saturday before christmas usually this saturday you'll see a lot of uh, last minute people shopping i know i'm one of those people always scrambling to get Same presents um, and they have a lot of one day sales and they extend their hours on this date um so black friday though just happened we saw some sales, there has been some concern about Black Friday recently because of sales being pushed into the online sector, less people going outside and like shopping at Black Friday. And also, it just hasn't become Black Friday now. A lot of stores 
a lot of stores are um, opening up for Thanksgiving afternoon, like at exactly. 6 p.m. And yet, no, I've seen Black Friday deals a week or two in advance. I mean, yeah. they make Black Friday an event, like a month-long event. Exactly. It, it's called uh, Christmas Creep. It's when, okay. it's when retailers, they move up the holiday shopping season. And this is because they're trying to get as milk as much of this Christmas shopping out mm-hmm. as possible. So they start moving up these deals. And because of this, it sort of diminishes the, black, the importance of Black Friday, which is why you are sort of starting to see a decrease in Black Friday sales. I think in 2014, uh, spending on Black Friday fell 11% from the previous year. And, you know, also Cyber Monday, though, they have been seeing a boost because of all this online shopping and people are looking for those online deals. So I am thankful for the holiday season because it's helping out these retailers and it, it drives a large portion of retail spending. I think a quarter of all personal expenditure is seen Yeah, I did see the that holiday season, earlier, yeah. which is definitely which is absolutely ridiculous. And like you mentioned before, not just retailers, but so many of the other industries, like your airliners. Oh, yeah, and, a- airlines, yeah. airlines, you know, a lot of people one. traveling, you know, going mm-hmm. to see family. Also, you got hotels or yep. booking websites like Expedia, Priceline, all those. So they're all seeing increase in um, spending on them. So let's let's move on to the market update. Nick, how are you feeling right now? Yeah, no, Chris, you just mentioned the holidays. We got Christmas coming up. The S&P chart, if you look at it the past week, it looks like alternating Christmas lights. Red, green, <laughs> red, green, red, green. I mean, the change is negligible. We it, haven't seen any change. It has been a flat week. And this is weird because, you know, the last time we came to you, we just bottomed out and we had expected – Either the uptrend to continue for the S&P, it to, because just how volatile the S&P has been recently. I mean, we saw the huge drop, then it rebounded completely, mm-hmm. and then it made the higher high. And for me, as someone who trades technically, that pullback was something we looked forward to. You know, I, we wanted to get in at that bottom and hold until maybe it got to, you know, over 2100. But this past week, it's just a flat line. And so it's sitting at, I think, 20, 20, 2090 right now. Yeah, 2090. And this. What, what does the flatness tell you? Like, the flatness is just that the number of bears in the market equals the number of bulls. They're just, they don't know which way they want to push the market. This past week, when I was looking at stocks, it just, a lot of stocks traded in a range and. A lot. It wasn't necessarily a weakness, but it was an inability to want to break out of some of the some of the resistance that we had formed during the week. Uh, so this upcoming week and days to come, I'm kind of staying clear of investing right now. I really want to see where we go from this flat line because it's so unpredictable. Mm-hmm. This is like we haven't had an earthquake in a while, and let's see where the next tremor happens. Hey, we're not living in California right now. <laughs> um, for me, though. This upcoming week, I think they're releasing the November jobs report, and that, that should have some data on the wage, the real wage growth that we've got going on. And that always affects the market. Yeah, so I, I'm, I'm anticipating what's gonna, what I'm going to see there. I think it's going to be increase in wages, and then you know that's going to really bring the Fed hammer down. They're going to say, all right, rates are coming. And we're still waiting, like the rest of the U.S. economy and like every other investor out there, what the Fed's or what Yellen's going to do to the, um, to the interest rate. And even though we did get some fear out, like we talked about last time, the market will react. But it's just which way it's going to go. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're waiting for this, this upcoming week and going into December. And if we do see that, that real wage growth, we will most likely see those rates come. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, holiday shopping, you know, we, we've got a lot of spending in that retail market right now. And we're also looking at the, 
the the Black Friday data that might come out to see see how people were going out there, see if they were willing to put their their consumer spending out and spend it on the mar- on the economy right now. Yeah, we'll see that in the third and fourth quarter earnings reports this year. Um, and like you said, I'm I'm very excited to see how that's happened because you have seen people spending more money, uh, pumping it back yeah. into the US economy. And so. if we do see that. Because usually the Black Friday, the Black Friday, that that four-day weekend, the Black Friday through Cyber Monday, that's sort of indicative of how the holiday season um, shopping will go. So if you see like a sort of smaller number, that data that comes out for this weekend, um, if you see a smaller number there, you might see less shopping in the future in the future month. But you know we gotta just wait and see at that how that data for the four-day weekend shows up. Just pay attention to the news and see what's going on. Yep. All right, Chris, time to transition to our stock report. Starting off with Valero Energy. Yeah, Valero Energy Corporation, ticker is VLO. It is a manufacturer of transportation fuels and petrochemical products. It no longer has its retail segment. It recently spun that off in uh, May 2013. And this was just mainly so it could focus on refining. It's spun it off as CST Brands, if you want to check that stock out. And they operate 7,400 outlets, mainly under the Valero name still. But this company, it mainly focuses on refining, like I said. It's got two segments, the refining segment of the gasoline and other fuels, and also the ethanol segment. The core, some quarter three highlights. The refining segment operating income is up $631 million to $2.3 billion. This was mainly due to an increase in the refining margins, uh, higher price coming out and cheaper inputs coming in. The ethanol segment, however, was operating income decreased 163 million this is mainly because ethanol prices are lower due to a decrease in demand for them as crude oil and gasoline prices are lower also higher corn prices and co-product prices right raising the ethanol costs of production the operating income however for the whole entire company for quarter three was up 28 percent from last year quarter three the revenues were however down 34 percent which is pretty large but the cost of sales were down much more at 40% that the operating income was still up 28%. Um, revenues were down because of decrease in refined product prices and crude oil feedstock costs. The refining section though, they operate 16 refineries, 11 ethanol plants like I was saying, and they have one proposed methanol plant right now in St. Charles, and they plan to make some investments on, uh, make an investment plan for that in this upcoming quarter. Nick, uh, you want to dabble into some technical stuff right now? Yeah, so, you know, this week I kind of want to focus more on how a technical trader would look at a stock like Valero Energy. One of, a lot of different technical traders use different kinds of indicators. Uh, mine, for example, is the stochastic, which is a measure of market momentum. Right now for Valero Energy, like Chris had mentioned, trades at $73 a share. Hasn't been doing well recently. We've seen an uptrend since you know, around September. And now we're towards the upper end of uh, the third the third head of that uptrend. One thing I want to mention, though, is the stochastic, which I had said is a measure of market momentum, is towards the top. So what that normally means is, especially when you see a stock starting to have a few consecutive days of uh, a few consecutive up days, it normally means that we're starting to lose momentum. It's starting to mean that now is not the exact right time to get into the stock. But on that note, Valero Energy has been one of the stronger stocks that we've seen in the past uh, two or three months. You know, back in, back in October, 
um, we did we did a pretty decent looking W and it pulled back to the $60 level and continued upward to continue the uptrend um, and then dropped back to $70 a share and has continued to go upward. And as opposed to the S&P, that's a really good sign. It's definitely a bullish stock um, when you see one of the indicators going sideways and you see your stock going up. So what I recommend for Valero Energy is to wait for the first pullback. I know it looks like a very um, exciting stock to get into just because of how strong it's looked and it you know, really looks like your stereotypical textbook uptrend, but now is not the time, in my opinion, to get in. And that's, that's just my opinion. Wait for the first pullback, which could possibly come in the next week, depending on what the rest of the market does, and then look to get into Valero Energy. And remember to always put a stop in. Remember to look for your, your level of support and put either a mental or a physical stop so that you can you know, avoid making, making losses on, a, on an industry and a stock that can be very volatile. Yeah, so, um, I also suggest getting in right now. I think I think Valero is undervalued. It's got a PE of seven point six seven times earnings, trailing twelve months. Uh, I think the industry median is fourteen, and some of the big names are around ten or eleven. So I think it is undervalued compared to the peers. Um, it's some some twenty fourteen numbers. It operated at ninety six percent throughput capacity. So it was basically being extremely efficient. It operates at around 3 billion, million barrels a day, which is a lot. You know, it operates all that through the 16 refineries it has. Um, it's got decent cash flow. It's got $5.8 billion in cash right now. They manage their debt pretty well, which I like to see. It's got a, it does have a dividend out of that cash. They um, put in $203 million to dividends in this last quarter uh, for a 2.7% annual dividend. And they also used or $600 million to repurchase shares, which I like to see with the company, even though a lot of them are doing it right now. So I, I do I do like the stock. It's got some good some good metrics to it. Um, so I, I would put maybe my 12 month price target at 85. It is dependent on the nature of the oil prices and see how those move, but I do like it long term. Yeah, it's a good price target. You know, recently Goldman Sachs actually gave uh, Valero an upgrade. Uh, they said that it was one of the better refinery companies out there. Um, and some of the other ones they were talking about was Philip 66, which they actually didn't have such a high uh, outlook for. My, my outlook for Valero Energy, um, the one month or two month or towards the end of 2015 outlook, is around $80 a share. I, I do think you will see a, a pullback um, just because you have seen a slowing of the, the uptrend. Um, but I think after the pullback, you will see the stock try to rally back up to around $80 a share. And like we were saying before, it's, it's a really strong stock. Um, definitely one that you should keep your eye on. Yeah, there are, there are some concerns, though, that I have right now. Um, the EPA, Environmental Protection Agency, they made some new rules that said they want to uh, reduce gasoline sulfur content from 30 parts per million to 10 parts per million. Uh, Valero, you know, this does affect them in their gasoline production. They estimate that it's going to cost them probably 300 to 400 million uh, to purchase some credits by them because they can't they can't really get there, so they have to buy these credits. So that will cost them 300 to 400 million dollars in the next few years. However, this is a very small percent percent of their capex that they're expecting. They have 1.8 billion expected in capital expenditures, and that 300 to 400 million. You know, that's a very small section of that. Hmm. Very good to um, know. Yeah. So th there there is some concern in that. There also is some concern. Um, they do have a, a cleanup site in Hartford, Illinois, where they will are liable about some 
some chemical release there. So they do estimate that they could get up to a $200 million liability there. But I do believe the positives of the stock outweigh the negatives, and I am, I am all for it right now. Little little fa- fun fact about this stock, uh, 95%, per- 95% owned by institutions, which I think is really high. It is. Next, I want to transition near the tech giant Apple, ticker AAPL, currently trading at $117.81 uh, a share. Yeah, and giant is an understatement. You know, this thing is bigger than a giant. It's a super giant or a goliath. It's massive. It's got a market cap of $656.8 billion, which is just a ridiculous number. Yeah, and, you know, the stock recently has been doing very well. I mean, we saw a higher high back in early November um, and a continual little uptrend, um, in around mid-November to where we are now. And like the rest of the S&P, you have seen it kind of flatline a little bit. So right now I'm looking to see where it's gonna go after this with the rest of the S&P. It can go obviously one of two ways. I think, in my opinion, I think you're gonna see Apple try and pull back to around $110 a share. But I think that will be a really good buy for the stock. Um, Like we were saying before, Apple is a massive company. Uh, It's and it's massive, mainly out of its brand name. You know that, that that's what sort of drives Apple. Is yeah, just and and especially the sa- the sales of its iPhones. Uh, it actually it makes up forty three point six percent of the market share for smartphones, as opposed to its biggest competitor, Samsung, which is around twenty eight percent. Yeah, and this this iPhone um, revenue, it's sixty three percent of their revenue comes from the iPhone. So you know that's a, that's a lot of their revenue comes from one section of the market. To break it down even further, eight percent comes from the iPads. 13% from Mac, which is their computers, and 16% from other services, such as Apple Watch or Apple Pay, or they have a new TV service. Yeah, uh, like we mentioned, Apple has created a culture in the United States, and even worldwide. Uh, when you walk around a college campus like this, you see people with, like a lot of the products Chris had mentioned, uh, your iPhones, your iPads, your Macs. Yeah, you go into a class and... And 60% plus are using a Mac. I think, exactly. Yeah, so. And as an investor, you see that. You see these people, everyone with an Apple product. And why wouldn't you want to invest in something like this? They're constantly growing their brand. They're always making new products. And for me as an investor, it's something I'm very bullish about. It's yeah. something I want to invest in. It's something I'm really looking forward to, uh, to looking to get in once we consolidate a little bit and see a buy point. Yeah, um, I mean, the products, that they sort of, they touch all ages, too. Even, like, the older older generations, you know, they're not used to using technology like this. The Apple interface makes it easy to use. I mean, their phone interface, it's just so simple. It's so intuitive, intuitive, you know. Yeah, and, you know, because they constantly come out with new products, you see parents and parents, they give their children, their 10-year-olds, their old iPhones. Yeah, I've I've seen, like, 5-year-olds with an iPhone in the supermarket, you know. And, and, you know, when they grow up, what phone do you expect them to buy? Because they've been using the whole time. An iPhone. They'll probably even grow up and buy a Mac, too. You know, they're used to the interface, so, you know, what they they don't want to switch interfaces that's that's a big that's a big thing is switching because you have to relearn the interface and apple and one's easy to use and they're used to it yeah and you know one of their biggest competitors uh samsung right now they're also doing a very good job they released the s6 recently uh which is sold extremely well um and they they're constantly trying to close a gap between apple so that's definitely one thing that you should keep your eye out for as samsung continuously grows their uh, brand other than that though in terms of the smartphone industry in terms of samsung uh, the Apple pretty much rules the industry. Yeah, and they've got their their latest phone, iPhone six and six plus. You know, I, I like the phone. They went to a larger screen. 
um, which is pretty different for Apple. You know, they're used to that smaller screen, but they went to the larger screen to more mimic some of the Samsung phones and Androids. Um, you know, and people are making the transition to this um, to this new phone. And I think right now they said that they released in their quarter four earnings that 30% of prior iPhone users switched over to this new phone. So you do see people switching, but that number is still low. Like, so there is still people who need to upgrade their phone, which people will continue to do. One of the biggest things, too, for both these uh, smartphone companies, I like to see the competition. Because like anything else, it's yeah. good to see. It, it constantly pushes the other company to make newer things, to do better. Um, and as Apple has always done, Apple has always been one of those companies that constantly is out there with their ads and constantly uh, advertising their newest product. But now that they have so much competition, they're really trying to push the pace. Yeah. But, I mean, they used to not need ads because everyone would be like, you know, everyone knew it. But now they are they, now they are sort of getting to advertising because they sort of need to show that their product is better than, like, the competitors well, out there. Well, this should be an interesting time of year with the holidays rolling around. Uh, you yeah, know, the very important for Apple. Yes. Uh, we're definitely going to see see other sales do, and that's definitely going to affect the stock price. Chris, do you want to get into some more of the numbers? Um, well, one specific thing that Apple sort of stands above everyone else is its cash flow. You know, it's got a massive amount of cash. I've seen numbers that's saying over $200 billion in cash, which is ridiculous. Um, some comparisons for that number saying that, like, that's a check. You could write a check to every U.S. citizen for over $600, and, you know, it's the higher than the GDP of Peru. Uh, you can buy every single major league sports team, which is just a ridiculous amount of cash, and they're, and they're still generating it. However... There, there is a, like a negative to that. They're, they're, for this, for this cash, they have two hundred billion of it, but they're not giving it back to investors. You know, they want to give back cash through dividends and share repurchases, which they are doing. You know, Apple is big into share repurchases. They've had some of the biggest share repurchases quarters ever. But for that cash that they're giving back to investors, they're borrowing it. And this is because that $200 billion in cash, they don't want to bring it over to the U.S. because they're going to lose that, lose some, hmm. some value on it because of their, the tax. And, you know, so they're borrowing this new cash, um, which, is, which is why their debt is at $60 billion right now, which is pretty large, pretty That's substantial. Pretty large. But they're borrowing it right now because it's cheaper to borrow it at low interest rates than it is to bring their cash over. All right, so you know, I want to touch on one more thing. I want to reiterate just what I think for, for about the next month of Apple in terms of the share price. Uh, this past week, we hit a big resistance level at $120 a share. So watch it. Watch Apple this week and see what it does uh, Monday morning, Tuesday morning. If you see this thing uh, start coming up and breaking the $120 level, that would be a good breakout to buy. I would actually recommend buying Apple for the breakout. Um, and what that means, what a breakout means, is pretty much when it breaks that big level of resistance. Mm -hmm. So after it breaks the $120 level, uh, you're going to see it want to push the $123 level, which is the one I talked about uh, previously in the show. And if it does that um, this next week or this next month, I could see a price target in the next two or three months to be $130 a share. I have a lot Ooh, of confidence yeah. in the stock. Um, I'm very or very bullish on it. Um, yeah, Chris, um, I'm, I'm, also, I'm also bullish on it. Uh, it's got a PE of 12.8, and the median for this industry is 20.47. So I think it's pretty undervalued. The fi its previous 52-week high is 134. I think it could definitely, over 12 that. months, it could definitely get back to that level. Um, another number, it's PEG, price earnings to growth ratio, is 0.84 compared to the industry median of 2.7. So, you know, that makes it even <clears> seem even more uh, inexpensive. 
Yeah. Um, so in summation, you know, I like <coughs> Apple because they, they have that brand. They have uh, high customer satisfaction. I think retention rates for iPhones were around 90%, which is – so they're, 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 they're keeping – people in inside the market mm-hmm. they make they make a darn good product and they keep innovating that product they keep coming out with new things apple pay is something that they recently come out with um, i think i've heard rumors about them coming out with another low-end iphone um, because the iphone 5c it was disappointing but they might come back with another low low-end iphone to sell you know like just more product innovation just coming out with new products so i definitely see Apple is a good stock. 12-month price target, and I put probably at 135, just over that 52-week high. And I'll mention this, too. As someone who's traded Apple a good amount in the past, it all, it's always seemed to do this, to want to retest the previous highs. Uh, back, in, back over the summer, we saw Apple come back up to the $133 a share. If it can manage to break through some of these uh, resistance levels, if I know the Apple investors, they're going to want to push this thing up to those previous highs. So, yep, uh, I think that yeah. finishes up Apple for us. Which Apple are you a fan of? Are you a fan of the Granny Smith or the Red Delicious? <laughs> I don't like either. I'm not a big <laughs> Apple fan. I'm more of a citrus person. Oh, so you're not a big Apple no. fan. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, now that we've finished our two stocks, we can start getting into our stock rundown. Yeah, so first up, Chihu 360 Technology, uh, ticker QIHU. It's trading right now at $67.6 a share. It's a Chinese-based internet services company. It's got internet and mobile security products, and it's getting into internet browsing. A PE of 33.81. This is pretty cheap for an internet stock, especially considering its future growth. A PEG of 0.87 versus the industry median of 3.36 sort of shows that it's pretty cheap considering its growth. Revenue growth trailing 12 months, 64%. EPS growth trailing 12 months, 75%. You know, it's a risky play because of it's got it's got strong competitors of Baidu and Sohu. They're competing in that internet browsing company, but it's got a solid return, pretty efficient. I sort of like the upside of the growth of it, so I've got a uh, 12-month price target at the 52-week high of around 75. Yeah, next company, Tesla Motors, uh, ticker TSLA, currently trading at $231 a share. Probably better known for their CEO, Elon Musk, crazy scientist, you know. Uh, making all with the SpaceX and the new electric cars, the batteries. Um, you know, I think Tesla's a great company. They're doing a lot of awesome work with their all-electric cars, their batteries, like I just mentioned. But I do think their stock price is a little overpriced at $231 a share. I'm a little bearish on it right now. Um, my price target's probably around $180, $175 a share. Um, the, one of the big problems with Tesla is just not they're not generating revenue right now. And I know they're an emerging company, they're a new company. Uh, people view them as one of the cooler up-and-coming things, but uh, right now I am bearish and I would stay away from Tesla. Chris, yeah, I, I agree. Um, Elon Musk, you know, he could write some gibberish on a piece of paper and sell it for millions I, because people. Uh, yeah. But next up, <laughs> next up is Biogen. It's a biotechnology company ticker BIIB. It's trading at two hundred ninety-three dollars a share, pretty high, but it's got a PE of nineteen point one five, trailing twelve months um, earnings. It's got a diverse set of drugs, but it mainly focuses on the neurological side of things you know, with MS, multiple sclerosis. Um, I like it. It's got a solid pipeline. You know, I think it's got good growth out of this pipeline. It has, it has dipped from its 52-week high at 480, so it's dropped a solid amount. You know, I think that puts it at undervalued, and I do like its pipeline. So I've got a 12-month target of 350. Next company, uh, Square Inc. You know, it's a financial services company who really is uh, used for smaller businesses as a credit card service. People can pay with their credit card with a little phone app that they can use, a little sliding mechanism that just plugs into a lot of different smartphones. 
I'm, it, it's a very new company. The IPO just came out this past week. Uh, sorry, I forgot to mention it. The ticker's SQ and is trading around $12 a share right now. I see a lot of potential for Square. You know, it really, like I mentioned before, um, smaller businesses love this thing. And as you see a resurgence of these smaller businesses, I think that Square will continue to grow. A lot of, for example, I see a lot of people use Square. Uh, when I go to bait shops, I've been, I even went to get a massage the other day and I saw the woman, had a, she was using Square. Um, I think a reasonable price target for this by the end of the year I could see it going back to $15, $16 a share, and I am bullish on the growth of this company. All right, um, next up, Texas Instruments, ticker TXN, trading at $55.50 a share, near the 52-week high of 60. This is a a semiconductor manufacturing company. You guys may know it for its calculators, you know, always for the TI-84 or something, but it it does make a lot of semiconductors. It's huge in that industry, third worldwide, second inside the cellular handsets behind Qualcomm. So it's it's got it's got other stuff. It's got a lot of technology-based um, potential for it. You know, the the this industry it follow, the semiconductor industry follows sort of the the sales of um, technology pieces like computers and phones and all that. Um, it's got a PE of twenty dollars sixty-five cents times earnings, dividend of two point six five. I think it's fairly fairly valued right now. It's got pretty high margins, higher than the industry, but less growth. So I think it is fairly. Uh, fair, fairly valued, uh, so I don't expect it to go up much in 12 months. So $60, $60 is my target. Next company, Chipotle Mexican Chipotle Mexican Grill, currently trading at $576 a share, ticker CMG. I have thought for years now this stock has been overpriced. I love Chipotle as much as the next guy, but this company should not be trading at $560 a share. But oddly enough, people love to push this thing up. It seems like the only thing bringing down Chipotle at this point is E. coli scares. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's coming back up now to the $600 uh, level. I want to see how it reacts to this. I really want to see how this roller coaster is going to keep going. Uh, we had, we've had a huge dip since mid-October. Um, it missed earnings, and then currently, or recently, this past week, it had one of those E. coli scares I was just talking about. So I personally embarrass on... Uh, Chipotle too, as much as people love to push the stock up. Uh, as just compared to the rest of the industry, um, I just don't think this company is growing as fast as people think it is. So, Chris? Yeah, they do make a good product though. Love they those breedables. Um, my last stock for this sex segment is uh, Mondelez International, ticker MDLZ, trading at $44.12 a share. This is a food product and beverage company. It sort of took off after Kraft spun off its um, f- food product industry. You know, they sort of focused on processing, so they so they moved this uh, segment of the industry to Mondelez. It's pretty undervalued. It's got a PE of 8.5 times earnings. You know, this is I think this is very undervalued play right here. Um, they've got a large range of products, diversified market area. I think they mainly sell in Europe, so you do have to have a little bit of concern over the. Uh, decrease in the value of the euro, but I, I am bullish. I have a 12-month price target of 55, and I think they could go past that. All right, the last stock, Kroger Company. They're uh, ticker KR, currently trading at $38 a share. It's in the food retail industry, and it's actually the country's largest uh, supermarket, and by revenue, that is. Um, it's an interesting stock to me. Currently, it's been stuck in a range between that $36 and $38 range, and they can be fun to trade, trading these ranges. But what I'm looking forward to seeing is what it can do next. Will it break out of this range on the top side? 
Um, it's currently just like I'd mentioned before, just putting around that range. So I want to see what it does Monday. If it breaks above this $38 level, I could see this going to $40 a share. I am bullish on Kroger um, and just to see how it reacts with the rest of the S&P in the market. Yeah, Kroger, they just uh, recently purchased Roundies, you know, um, which is a pretty big company in the Midwest. Uh, they have Mariano's, which operates in Chicago. So they just purchased that up. You know, they exp- they're expanding their market growth, you know, trying to trying to get more stores under their belts and trying to just grow themselves out. So moving on, we, we've got our first our first viewer question uh, for this show. Um, it's regarding Marathi Therapeutics, tickers MRTX. And this viewer wants to know, wants us to go more in-depth on the pipeline and also know about the financial impact on the company if they were to get negative results on any of their clinical trials. So this company, Marathi Therapeutics, um, they're small cap. They trade below 100,000 volume, so pretty small. They are they have a couple drugs right now on trial. I think phase phase one trials and then one, another one's in phase two that focus on uh, lung cancer, specifically non-small cell lung cancers, NSCLC. Um, these these this form of cancer is uh, insensitive to chemo and radiation therapy. Uh, Five year survival rate of sixteen point eight percent, so it's pretty bad. Uh, it's quite common too, so it's a big market for the for their drugs for this thing. Um, they've got two of them, like I said. That's uh, one, the first one uh, in phase two trials. It selectively targets and inhibits uh, some of the tumor growth tri- growth drivers, and then another. And the other one in phase one, it targets uh, tumor suppression. Uh, Nick, what's what's the other drug in their pipeline? Yeah, the other one is mesenatinostat. It's currently in two separate phase two trials for bladder cancer and diffuse large B cell lymphoma. Uh, the latter, the DLBCL, is actually a very aggressive, fast-growing lymphoma uh, with not a very high survival rate. Um, you know, they completed 13 clinical trials, which enrolled more than 400 patients um, uh, with the solid tumors and uh, the specific cancers I had mentioned. Um, and the mesinotinostat was actually uh, well tolerated, which is very good news for um, merit. Uh, Marathi, yeah. yeah, from Marathi Therapeutics. So, I've been messing that name up all day, by the way. So, <laughs> uh, in terms of pipeline, you know, they, they've got these three drugs out there. They are on, like, I think the highest is phase two right now. They're still recruiting treatments, um, recruiting people for treatment. So, th- they they could still potentially be a couple years years away from reaching the market. You know, so there there is some concern there, and also. FDA, you know, if they hit a roadblock, then they won't get approval, and that, that that's the really important thing. Yeah, Chris, like you had mentioned before, they're a small cap, and, you know, currently they trade at $38 a share, and they have done some really good work this year in terms of the stock price, but they're purely built on potential right now. And, you know, another part of that question that you had mentioned was what would happen if you had negative results. Mm-hmm. Um, if, like a lot of these other biotech companies, if some of these – uh, drugs do not get approved by the FDA, y- you'll see the stock tumble. I mean, that's purely what the stock is based or the company is based on right now. Yeah, you know, any sort of side effect that comes up during a trial, you know, that they pull the drug and they have to restart over and that drops the price. Especially a lot. since now that they're not really generating any revenue. Yeah, um, I, I saw a stat that said about 90% of drugs that go into trials don't reach the market. So, you know, v- the odds are against these drugs for each market and so it's pretty likely that they won't they will go down or some of them won't make market 
an example to look at a stock that you know has that potential and doesn't make market uh, Geron Corp ticker G E R N it was a company that made a drug that could target breast cancer and it had liver cancer effects you know so the stock dropped 100% you know or a big amount 70% I think you know just over a span of a month and that could potentially happen to Marathi if a big side effect comes up like I don't know I don't really know the in-depth parts of the science behind the drugs you know I didn't get that close of a look but it is possible that something comes up. But yeah, that is the game of playing uh, these small cap biotechs. And on the flip side, if you see the drugs do get approved by the FDA, the sky's the limit for Marathi Therapeutics. Yeah, so you don't I know mean, how high it could go. We've, we've got a, a big market potential off the off the cancer oncology section. Yeah. Um, just as if I were to be if I were trading a stock like this, you know, you obviously keep your eyes on the news. Uh, make sure you know at what phase these drugs are going through in the pipeline right now. Yeah, make and sure you know the science behind it, too. For sure. And if you want to play it safe, maybe put a stop in uh, to cut your losses or to just take your money or take your gain if you're currently in um, Roddy Therapeutics. Um, but, so, yep, that's... Yeah, I think that, that hopefully that answers your question. Um, I think this sort of sums up the show right now. Um, yeah, so again, uh, if you have any questions for the show, any comments, concerns, you can contact us at thestocktalkshow at gmail.com. And we're also on Twitter at uh, the stock t- at the stock talk show. So feel free to ask us questions or email us. Yep. Um, so I think that, that ends that the show right it. there. Um, well, actually, the stalking segment. Uh, oh, we yeah, forgot about yeah, that. Stalking segment. All right, it's going to be things that we're watching for this upcoming week. For me, I'm really looking forward to the November jobs report. I think that's going to be a telltale sign about uh, Fed's raising rate, and I really want to see that job growth. I feel like that could be a big a big mover for this upcoming week. And the last thing I want to mention is Netflix. Um, I'm definitely watching it after this past week. Um, it went from $105 a share to $125 in the span of a few days. Uh, we saw a 20% increase in two days, and it's, it's definitely something you want to keep your eyes on. People like Netflix, uh, I like Netflix, and we'll just see where investors keep doing that stock. I definitely use Netflix. I'll <laughs> <laughs> um, enjoy it. So th- thanks for listening. I think we might have, I'm not sure when we're going to get another show out just because we've got final exams coming up soon. Hopefully we do get that website um, started up over this upcoming winter break. But we, we will have. keep you updated on the Twitter page about when we're possibly coming yeah. back with the next show. So thanks for listening. Um, have a good holiday season.